Welcome everybody to the Film Review Central podcast, movie and TV reviews where we talk about the biggest stuff coming out of Hollywood today. We also have this incredible trailer breakdown podcast and of course FRC Live. Don't forget about the Smartica Show and the biggest podcast movie, movie trivia competition. Film Review Central, where the conversation about film got a little bit more interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. FRC Lab is back once again for another week. And listen, movies, TV, it just keeps giving us things, doesn't it? And what a week it has been. Uh, this week, obviously, we've had a lot of stuff outside and inside of cinemas and big screen and small screen. Listen, we're going to review it all here. Just as myself today, uh, going to get a lot more people back on this uh, back on this live show. Dwayne, Gary, Kyle uh, have all been on before, and it's been definitely very, very fun to do. But just expand, obviously, get your guys' uh, questions. But nothing that we've planned. It's all down to you. This is your show. This is the way that you can respond to us. Obviously, share stuff that possibly we don't talk about on the podcast. Uh, I know the podcast now has definitely gone a very one-dimensional route with smartica showdown and, and movie reviews and, and stuff like that so this is your opportunity send in whatever you would like we're going to talk about it very much here on the podcast and here it is frc live and we're all going to just speak about your opinions today. that's what we're going to do we've got no tournament plans we've got no smartica showdown news all of it is going to be dedicated to this very live show here as you guys filter in here obviously we're going to be listening to these main messages that you can find now and uh, you can find us and share your thoughts on the frc live um show by sending me a message on the film review central podcast official instagram channel so there is not any better reason to go over there and give us a follow now we're going to start with the main bulk of the podcast the main part of the show i really want to discuss here because it's something that I've sort of stayed away from is politics, film politics and stuff like that. But we're going to talk about it here today. And this comes in from Jamie, who says the following, what is going on with Cineworld? I've been going there for a while and can't believe they're going through this. What's your opinion? And really go into detail. Yes. So like I said, this is going to be the main book of the podcast. The reason for this is... Because there's a lot of stuff to discuss. A lot of stuff. This comes to us here from BBC News, who writes the following. It says, shares in Sydney would have fallen more than 60% as concerns mount that the world's second largest cinema chain is about to file for bankruptcy. The company, which also owns the picture house chain in the UK, is struggling under £5 billion pounds or dollars worth of debt. Like other cinema chains, Cineworld was hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Cineworld reveals says post-COVID customer levels were lower than expected and blamed limited film releases. The Wall Journal, Wall Street Journal reports that Cineworld prepared to file for bankruptcy, sending its share price tumbling. Uh, there was been contact with a comment. Apparently, they've not really revealed... Um, the firm and hope blockbusters such as the latest bomb film, Top Gun Maverick, and Fall of a Thunder would draw audiences back after COVID restrictions. I'm going to share my thoughts about that actually because that I have a 
I'm a bit of a strong opinion about that, but it said earlier this week, despite gradual recovery demand since reopening in April 2021, recent admissions levels has been below expectations. These lower levels of admissions are due to a limited film slate that is anticipated to continue until November 2022 and expected to negatively impact trading and the group's liquidity position in the near term. Cineworld has 9,186 screens across more than 750 sites. It operates in 10 countries, including the UK, US, Poland and Israel. Now, I want to sort of share what I think about this in a very, very easy way here. Is that I'm, this is a, a conversation I want to talk about because I go to Cineworld. That's my cinema. Whenever, whenever a film comes out, I always have a look at Cineworld first. And if the times, which usually cooperate with what I, what I want, I will go and book tickets for Cineworld. I like the cinema. I like the design, the, you know, the the friendliness of my local Cineworld cinema, which obviously is down to the cinema chain. Obviously, the people that work there. That you know, I, I like the feel for it. It's a feel. It's a feel good cinema, and that's where I've been going for a long, long while. This, I think, creates a bigger issue. It's creating a more focused issue than ever before, and it's allowing people now to really, really understand the reflect of films. And to me personally. The COVID-19 pandemic impacted so many things, but because I'm an interest in film, I've always wanted to have a look at that. And I think it's down to a few reasons. I think people are reluctant to go to the cinema. I think people have better options now because they'll wait for a film to drop on a streaming service. They'll wait for a film to come out on DVD to share in the comfort of their own home. Um, streaming's obviously gone up, cinema... cinema uh, this has gone down and that is down to the pandemic there's no two ways about that the pandemic has impacted a lot of it you don't know where Cineworld would have been but I also I think as well Cineworld have raised their prices when I first heard about Cineworld they were very very cheap very cheap not to the point where you think you're you're being a bit stupid but it was nice as a as a, as a viewer as a, as a as, a customer to see them cheap tickets because Odeon and View do have more of the expensive tickets uh, and obviously Showcase as well but Showcase is a bit different with like the similar deluxe thing I think Cineworld Showcase do offer a, a bigger service and what we're seeing now is is Cineworld having to raise them prices not because of the pandemic but also because of looking at the substantial amount that other cinema chains are paying and people are welcome to do that people are welcome to be paying them prices to the point where odeon and showcase are getting a lot of money but then they're not going down in terms of bankruptcy and cinemaworld have tried to do that they've tried to level the playing field and unfortunately it's not worked um i disagree with the fact that they i mean obviously you're going to prioritize um films that are obviously have, have a big big following and a big network obviously superhero movies top gun maverick and we'll talk about top gun maverick a little bit later on about how much well they've done but i went to go and see top gun maverick when it came out the weekend it came out with my dad and obviously and gary and we watched that and that was close to about 30 pound 
I'm going tonight. I'm rewatching it tonight. £30 again with my mum and my dad. We're watching it again for the second time. That's another £30. And what we're looking at now is obviously with Top Gun Maverick was that people are going back and watching the film, but possibly not choosing Cineworld as a, as a as a choice. Will you do you go to Odeon? Do you get to view? You're gonna if you're gonna go keep going back, you're gonna, you're gonna keep going back to the same film. I mean, the Bond movie again was an, another one where you personally question why that possibly didn't go didn't do as well. The Bond movies have had a bit of a rough rough going in, in terms of releases. Obviously, they really delayed this one. They really wanted this to be in the cinemas. And for good reason, but again, that probably didn't have that attractability to a lot of other people. I think word of mouth most definitely helped that because obviously in the first weekend you can have your dedicated fans. Does it drop down into the second, third, fourth weekend? Possibly not for Bond, which is crazy. So but obviously you've seen Top Gun Maverick to the point where it's still in the cinemas three months later. So you've got your fans there. Yeah, they're restricting it to one showing. They're restricted to one showing where you possibly could get at least a hundred to hundred and twenty-five pound out of that one showing, which is crazy. So, to me, obviously, with the fall of a thunder as well, was another example to the point where, you know, that's a Marvel movie. So, even though these movies are popular, you're relying on these on these films want to be good. Which are they good enough to go back and rewatch them? Possibly not. With obviously the Bond movie going on Amazon Prime with that deal, the, um, the Marvel movies obviously then will eventually make its way to Disney Plus. A lot of my friends said, "I'm going to skip this one. I'm just going to wait for Disney Plus." They did that with Doctor Strange. They did that with Eternals to the point where that them two movies came out on Disney Plus two months afterwards. And if you're just a casual movie watcher and and don't do movies re- movie reviews like myself, you are just going to wait. Because you paid so much for a streaming service. So I think there's a lot of factors. And I think a lot of things, things are going down. I personally still love going to the cinema. That is something I've really enjoyed doing. So you are going to have certain individuals, you know, say, well, the cinemas, I don't really enjoy going to the cinema. But there's going to be certain things that you have to watch in the cinema. It's just whether you choose Cineworld or not. It doesn't have that brand name like Odeon. The fact that it's the second largest surprises me as well. You know, do you prioritize that uh, audience? Do you prioritize view? And it's a really interesting topic, it's a really interesting conversation. But to me personally, what you're looking at now is a mixture of people not particularly wanting to go to the cinema, people particularly enjoying streaming movies in, in that streaming service to the point where bigger releases are just going to go into streaming services. So why not wait? And also, really, the pick between if you're going to watch a movie in the cinema or even rewatch it, are you going to go back to one particular cinema chain? And it's, it's that conversation and it's that debate about different people you know, liking different things. People have their preferred cinema spot. Is Cineworld at the bottom of that list? I could definitely see it, hence why they're, they're this. Are the American network, is the American side of it struggling? Is America deciding to go to the AMC theatres that, that they have over there? So... It's a really interesting debate. There's a lot of factors, and it's based on what you truly believe. But I think it's a really great comment, Jamie, to say that like you can't believe they are going for it, but mainly because they are the second 
largest and that's crazy to me and um i hope that i've gone and really gone into detail for you mate uh in this one so we're gonna move on here to liam it has done maverick has defeated Thanos. what's the continuous potential of this film and is it better than the first one a lot of points there man a lot of points there so yes what i can obviously what he's confirming is that top gun maverick has gone above uh, avengers infinity war and by the way, I actually, obviously, I, I really love Avengers Infinity War. Um, it's the sixth highest grossing domestic box office film in history. This is what uh, Screen Rant is saying. That's where I'm getting this information from. There we go. The Top Gun Maverick continues to fly past milestones, taking another widely successful Marvel movie in the domestic box office. Since his release in May 2022, the 36 years <coughs> in the making sequel starring veteran movie star Tom Cruise broke a few records off the bat for Cruise, becoming his first film to pass 100 million in its opening weekend and his first to crack 1 billion worldwide. It becomes the highest grossing Memorial Day weekend opener with 160.5 million and stays in the top five for 10 weeks after his debut. Obviously, obviously, we're getting incredible obviously, critic score and, and, and stuff like that, which, to be honest, doesn't correlate to box office. And that's another debate for another day. But uh, Maverick Beans dethroned uh, The Last Jedi and kept climbing to pass in Marvel's The Avengers, Jurassic World and eventually number seven on the list, Titanic. And now, well, obviously, it's gone uh, Avengers Infinity War, Seven six hundred and seventy nine to Infinity War six hundred and seventy eight is under twenty one million away from Black Panther, which then eventually breaks it into the top five highest domestic box office. That's crazy, and it's a Paramount film. Is besting a Disney film. Obviously, it's not Disney. It's obviously a Marvel movie, but it's still Marvel and Disney. Crazy, absolutely fantastic, and like I said. It really great. It's really great to see a movie like this do as well because it's it's obviously a sequel to a film, but it is reintroducing this character, this world, to the point where we've not seen anything from this over thirty six years. And I really, really like the whole point of Maverick. I've been very complimentary of it. Evidence has come out, and to 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 caught up to that one to Infinity War, which I, I put as the best MCU movie. That's obviously up to debate, and it has been debated many times. So, you know, the fact that it's it's not only doing that well in in, in terms of obviously beating Titanic and Jurassic World and stuff like that, the Avengers Infinity War took 10 years to make and to make meaningful, and it was a big, big hit, and that's the line. But to see Top Gun Maverick do that is unbelievable. And you know what you said, obviously about the continuous potential. I think it, it, it I think it, it will stop sick. I might be wrong, and I'll sit here proven wrong if that happens. I think it'll stay sick, mainly because I think one they'll release re-release Black Panther because they're doing that at the moment with movies. Obviously, they're going to do it with the first Avatar uh, film because obviously we get the sequel. I think they'll do that for Black Panther, and also. It's coming to um, streaming and, and obviously DVDs at the, at the end of this month. So people are going to, so you're going to lose money there. But to me personally, 
Black Panther edges it for me, um, and by certain margin, but still, what a movie! What a uh, a big, big monumental, and um, you know, achievement for Cruz and and everybody in that movie because it, it is such an incredible film for, for many many people. I think it might be better than the first one, and I'm edging it. I am really edging it, and that's just. It's just edging it because it is so good and it is so fantastic and, and all of every bit about that movie is, you know, allows you as an as an audience to really care about this character again, really give this character real purpose again. And it's amazing to see that I just think it might be better than the first. I really, really do. Um it's definitely gonna give Tom Cruise, a big smile. There he is. There he is. Tom Cruise. It'll give him a big smile. Look at that face. Right. Let's move on to the final topic here of today's FRC Lab. And this is going to be Brian that says, So, check out She-Hulk like every other MCU fan this week. And I'll be focusing on something nobody else has. Iron Man. He deserves more recognition, doesn't he? Hashtag FRC. Hashtag Spartacus Showdown. Thank you very much, sir. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, I checked out She-Hulk. Uh, like every other Marvel fan, and it was good. It was good. And it was solid, uh, and annoyingly, a lot of people have said that the Phase Four hasn't handled the legacy of it. Which I want to want to sort of comment on first, as I get on this new story from uh, once again uh, Screen Rant that says the following here. Um, that the legacy of Tony Stark has mentioned several times throughout Phase 4, with the Falcon Winter Soldier acknowledging that Tony paid the Avengers and helped Sam Wilson with his tech. Shang-Chi obviously mentioned Iron Man for the use of Iron Man 3's Trevor Slattery. Much references to Iron Man in Phase 4 being used as jokes or simple explanations about MCU lore. However, up until She-Hulk, the relationship Iron Man had with many of these characters haven't been explored. She-Hulk fixes this Iron Man crime by having Bruce reminisce about his time with Tony, telling stories about the time they spent in Mexico building Bruce's lab. While it's emotional, it still says it's true to his character, with Bruce saying that he built a bar with, while Tony just drank the alcohol. Tony was an important hero, but he was also a person. By exploring his friendship and the impact he had on his teammates, She-Hulk fixes a phase for big Iron Man sin. I disagree, man. I disagree. What Marvel is doing at the moment is, is that they are looking at the incredible cast of characters that they have. Obviously, they made big decisions with Captain America and Iron Man, kept Thor around, kept the Guardians around, obviously kept Hulk around, to the, now, to the point now where you're looking at a lot of people thinking, well, you've got to make Iron Man a big character. You've got to, make, you've got to keep Iron Man in it. It's time to move on. You know what? I love Iron Man. And I'm, Robert Downey Jr. plays that character incredibly well. But it's time to move on. It's time to look at this character and say it's a big part big part of the mcu but what they've done throughout the whole filmography of phase four is expand these characters there's a reason why we're getting so many new characters in the mcu why we're getting so many big you know big cameos and and, and, and tv appearances because you know something that we never got in phase three that's why we're doubling the amount of screen time that any other phases had because we're trying to do so many characters so 
it will be always be a step back. It's nice to see this in She-Hulk, don't get me wrong. And I think it fits the idea of Hulk's prominence in the show. Hulk's emotional um, connection to the show, which obviously they've explored throughout uh, Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, and, and so forth. So, to me personally, I think it's nice to be in them subtle references. It doesn't need to be in your face. It doesn't need to. That's why he, what, that's why he wasn't in, in Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man was the best opportunity for them to do that. They decided not to do that. They used it in two projects, which was used in a bit of a laughing stock, but was necessary and actually made some really, really great um, sense within the stories and, and give that backdrop. That's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be in your face. It doesn't need to be massively focused. It, it is, was his such a big character while he is so so beloved um as a, as a character and will always be a big big character in the mcu as a whole doesn't need to keep referencing it it's time to move on time to change because without that you are just going to keep up in the same mcu it mentioned steve rogers as well nobody's really making a big thing about that people have been very quiet about that why being quiet about cap with another iron man so to me personally <clears throat> you're really, really thinking to yourself, why are they doing what they're doing? They're doing it for a reason. They need to do it. And for me, She-Hulk is done a fantastic, really great start, really solid start. I'm really looking forward to season two next week. Love the fact it's nine episodes. Obviously, we'll get a review on the podcast very soon about that. And obviously, as more things develop, I'm sure you guys will keep responding to FRC. But for me, Iron Man is, it, it's time to move on from Iron Man. It's time to move on from Tony Stark. And I think it's doing it's doing that subtle references are nice but it doesn't need to be thrown in your face like yep remember tony stark we do we remember what you did remember how big he was let's focus on new leaders now and obviously we're going to get that in the next two avengers movies gentlemen ladies thank you very much for joining us frc lab there it is the great logo done by mr movie guys and the theme done by the incredible gary best we are obviously you're listening to at the beginning of the show make sure you're fair and follow make sure you message the podcast make sure you appreciate everything that we're doing over here because we appreciate you very very much um glad you enjoyed the podcast hope you enjoyed the podcast that meaning meaning your favorite and follow and i hope that we've made the film conversation a little bit more interesting see you in a bit